That's right, they're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not gonna let uh, Mass Effect in my house. The level of violence on video games. It might be hazardous to physical and mental health. Pokemon world is a world of the demonic. Then there's the argument that video games can be art. They're a world phenomenon. Hello, welcome to Hit Point Pals, where we gather to nerd out about video games and the culture of play. I'm your host, Travis Lean. With me today, we have Will Suit. Yeah, we're back. And Rebecca Markley. Hello, hello. Hit Point Pals is on Twitter at Hit Point Pals. You can find all of our episodes at hitpointpals.com. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to drop us a review and let your friends know. I hope you're as excited to have us back as we are to be back. What has everyone been up to? Well, I, I went on a, on a trip, and it was lots of fun. Where did you go? <laughs> I went to the land of Japan. Oh, hell I, yeah. And I went and visited a lot of gardens and, and a nice old temples, and I just kind of uh, separated myself from a fair amount of my personal technology, and it was a lot of fun. What was the weirdest thing about Japan? Hmm. Weirdest thing. Interesting. Um... Despite so much automation and stuff, they are like the most paper, like physical money reliant country I've ever been to. Huh. Like, oh, just like cash? Yes, like, oh, huh. sorry, we don't accept card. And it's like, what the fuck? It's like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know. It's just, it was it was rough getting used to. Interesting. Anyone else have any cash related problems? Oh, I always got cash related problems, but that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's another problem. Oh. Uh. What was the best thing that you ate in Japan? Oh, um, I had this bowl of ramen from a place in Tokyo that was open from like 10 to 5 in the morning. From like 10 at night to 5 in the morning. It's not that like short period of time. Um, the food was very, very good, but there must have been something in a paste because that night I spent in agony. My, oh no. Like maybe like not maybe food poisoning, but my body was just not taking something very well. Oh, very no. delicious. I'd eat there again and destroy my innards, but <laughs> very delicious. What is the main method of transportation in Japan? Is it like trains? Um, yeah, I guess for intercity, it seems to be trains, and their train system is pretty neat. Uh, I took a bullet train, <sighs> and it was like, oh, the bullet train was really I nice. Want and like, I I know I do too, but out here it's just like. Welcome to Amtrak at seventy dollars from Pasco to Portland, and it's <laughs> and like, it's man, so this train's slow, slow and late. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah, the train service in Japan—it's like, hey, if the timetable says it's going to be here, it is going to be here, which was very nice. Wow! Um, Imagine that. Uh, what a shocking concept! What a world! What a world! Um. Yeah, but the bullet trains were really neat. Like I. Like, I'd seen them go by, and I was like, wow, that's pretty fast. But then being on it, it's like, whoa, this is pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing the Japanese countryside zoom by, and it's like, oh, this is this is really neat. Very cool. Rebecca, what have you been up to? I've been up to much less exciting things. Um, I guess a month ago, almost a month ago, um, to this day, I had eye surgery, which was really scary. But I took a lot of Valium, so I was okay with it. Um, and then I just spent well, two weeks, or most of September actually, just not being able to see things very well, which was kind of a bummer. Um, listened to a lot of audiobooks. 
got bored of listening to audiobooks and then tried to read and then got a lot of headaches from trying to read. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and then went back to reading or listening to audiobooks. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know. It was boring. I wouldn't say it was like a very like a restful break from work. It was just like a very like boring and unsatisfying away from work time. I just don't like the idea of eye surgery. Yeah, it was really gross because, you know, you're awake for it. Uh. <laughs> so, like, uh. I guess <laughs> content warning, it's kind of gross and graphic to think about. But, yeah, you could just, like, see them scrape it away, your eye tissue, just right oh, there. No. Um, and then getting, like, the eye clamp put on was really alarming. And oh, you're hell not, yeah. And you're not, like, given any sort of, like... You're not given like Novocaine or something just like injected right into like your nerves like you are at the dentist when you get yeah. your fillings. You're just given like a topical numbing. Like, you know, when you go to the eye doctor and they do like the pressure test and they give you numbing drops so you don't yeah. feel it on your eye. That's exactly what they do. They just like give you some drops. And I just was not convinced that that was going to be good enough. It was it was good enough. But I kept like asking them to put more drops in because I was like afraid it was going to go away. Mm -hmm. But then my eye was numb for like the rest of the day, which was very is it weird. Like, is it a short procedure? It took about two and a half hours. Do they oh, just okay. keep putting drops in your eyes? Yeah, because the eye clamp is on, so you're just okay, given those drops. Okay, because it not last very long, I was going to say. Yeah, um, like the, the worst part was like the scraping, and that was really, really fast. And then there was just kind of like the treatment procedure that they had to do. I was like given this like magic formula stuff that was dropped on my eye, and then I was blasted with UV light forever. And that was really frustrating because you just like couldn't move and you just had to lie still and look at like a blue light blasting in your eye for a really long time. I survived thanks to drugs, and that was a good time. I'm really happy I had them. <laughs> And your eyes all better now. Yes, it's all better now. Although it, the vision is still a little bit not as good as it was before, but they told me yesterday at my follow appointment that it will be, it will continue to improve, supposedly mm. for the next three months. So that's when I get a new prescription. So I just kind of have to like hobble along with like less good vision for a while. Did you get a cool eye patch? No, I didn't get a cool eye patch. Damn. I just, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was really hoping for one. Um, but I did finally get my car back, which is exciting. I got it back on oh, Saturday. Yeah. If you remember, it was July when I got into the car accident. So it just That's a very took like long time. goddamn forever. But it's back and I drove it and it was lovely. What about you, Travis? What have you been up to? I don't have any cool stories. Oh, come now. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've had some neat things. I had a neat adventure into the world of uh, Remedies Control. Oh, okay. Control, uh, do you, have you guys heard of Control? Yes. No. Control is a game that, uh, that I was not at all interested in. Um, and then I just kept hearing things about it. And after I heard a description of it, I just, I decided to just you know, spend 60 bucks on it. I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I just was convinced to buy this game and it ended up being probably like my favorite game of the year so far. Uh, a, a So I had seen like bits and pieces of trailers in the past and it just looked like 
uh, it just looked like another like shooter with like you're a person with psychic powers, and I thought that doesn't look very interesting. I'm just gonna like shelve that and never play it. But it turns out it's actually this this very very like surreal experience, which is a genre of games that I tend to enjoy, uh, where it's it's heavily based around like weird unexplained phenomenon and you play as this woman who is investigating uh her she, this thing about her brother she thinks he's in this building it's the bureau of control uh the federal bureau of control who it turns out they just kind of uh, in like a very like x-files sort of capacity they deal with weird unexplained phenomenon around the world keeping it under wraps trying to keep it contained um, and so the whole game is just this sort of adventure through the Bureau of Control, or the place you're exploring is known as the Oldest House, and the Oldest House has a lot of weird lore to learn about it. Um, so yeah, I started playing a few weeks ago. I, like, I knocked it out in a couple of days because I was just, like, so into it. Um, I need to go back to it <laughs> later when they release some DLC because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it it's a game that also looks very pretty. Uh, it does some really cool things with light and with reflections. Uh, it is kind of the it's kind of the classic open world style of like unlocking new areas and going through uh, like unlocking new routes and stuff. But it's really interesting because the whole thing is one gigantic interior, um, and the whole thing is like very beautifully rendered. And there's like a lot of attention to detail in the in the lighting as one can do with like a game that is solely based around interiors so it was a game that like looked really nice and and played really nice i thought um will i you i would love for you to play it at some point so we can discuss all the all the weird and wacky stuff that happens oh hell yeah yeah i've, I've got, got it on my wish list right now yeah i don't know i don't know I, I i didn't want to spend too much time talking about it because i know nobody else has played it here but like it's just just a lot of very cool ideas coming together, and uh, I need to go back and play some other games by Remedy, like Alan Wake. Hell that yeah! I managed to skip. You've played Alan Wake. Yes. What have you guys been playing? I was playing a lot of Stardew Valley while I was in recovery because it doesn't take a lot of reading, and mm -hmm. since it's pixel art, it's already kind of blurry. So I was like not upset that everything just looked a little bit blurry. Um, but yeah, it was pretty nice to just kind of like hop into this world where you do almost the same thing every day and you give gifts to your friends and you go mining for stuff and you kill slimes. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of things to say. Um, I had just, I mean, I guess I, I bought the game a while ago, but I just had never really played it. Um, even though like everyone I know was obsessed with it for a while. Um I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it. And then when I had all of this excessive time and I couldn't see very well, I was like, sounds like a perfect time to play this very, like, low-key fun game. And it was. It was low-key and fun, and I really enjoyed it. I haven't really played it much since my vision has improved more and I've been sort of pulled back into the world of reality as opposed to just, like, fucking around and sleeping all day long on leave. But, um didn't really have a lot of thoughts aside from that i think the best part of stardew valley is that it just is like a like a sim like a it's like a sim that focuses on routine so you kind of just get in this rhythm of doing stuff with your plants <laughs> doing yes. stuff with the people in town 
Yeah. Um, I was really, really frustrated with the fishing mechanic. I oh. like could not figure it <laughs> did out. Did you did you upgrade your rod? Um, yeah, I was able to upgrade my rod and I got bait. Because it starts off hard and it only gets easier. Okay. I I don't know. I think I'm still like level three and I was just like, uh-huh. I can't. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> can't catch any fish. It's just impossible, it seems. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad it does get easier. That That's a relief. Because I was like, how am I supposed to like unlock the the community center stuff if i can't do a thing no but it's weird because like you have to catch fish to improve your fishing skill and you have to improve your fishing skill to unlock the newer rods yeah but if you can't fishing easier yeah but you you can't i don't know i was only catching like the fish that would only stay at the bottom of Uh the of i guess at I don't know, the little the slider thing. The fish that thing. wanted to die. <laughs> yeah, the fish that were like, I'm okay. Like the carp. Yeah, I caught a ton of carp. But I feel like they would, I, I don't know, I guess I didn't attract them very much. Or I wasn't fishing in the right spot where there were a lot of carp. So it was just annoying. I was trying to decide which of the, um, I guess the townspeople I wanted to make my sweetie. But I hadn't gotten, I haven't figured it out. Do you have any recommendations? Um... I'm usually really bad at that because I can never figure out what to give people. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, in one of my first games, I realized that this one guy liked eggs. I think it's Alex. <laughs> Alex really likes eggs, so I just kept bringing him eggs. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then I I did the... Uh, I don't recommend Alex because he doesn't have a very good ending. Um, there's a character that will romance that I thought... he The way he described it sounded oh, like it was like funny and good, and I haven't yeah, gotten to try it yet. Uh, it was... um. Oh wow, it's been a while. Uh, the girl with short blue hair—is it Emily? Yes, Emily. Emily. Yeah. yeah, romanced her, and there's some like weird moments where like, <laughs> like every character has those like you, those little like cutscene little interaction moments when you yeah. get a relation mm-hmm. to a point. But she has one where you like go to visit her at her house or something, but she slept in, and then you like go to her dream dimension because she's into like whoa. crystals and spirituality. <laughs> And then it's just like, whoa, what's going on? I don't know if I've made the right choices in my life. But uh, it was really, it was really neat. It was like, oh wow, this is like the last thing I expected from Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. I think if you wanna, if you wanna min-max your romance options, <laughs> I think you can like romance everyone up to level nine or so, and then like, and then after, then you can experience a bunch of like content, and then go lock in whoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I've just been giving like everybody things because I don't know. I want to get free gifts in the mail because I think that's oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so unintentionally min maxing, it appears. But yeah, I, I have know. to look at the wiki because sometimes I give someone something that I think is nice, like a flower, and they're like, <laughs> fuck you. It's yeah, people like, don't seem to like copies, <laughs> which I. <laughs> I was I was uh, sad about that because um, it made one of my hearts go down all the way <laughs> when I gave someone a poppy and I was like, oh no, now I have to waste all this time to give it back up because you can only give like two presents a week. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. it's weird. They're like, mm, you're too nice. Now, if only we could romance Mayor Lewis. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Mayor Lewis is already involved with uh with Marnie. Mm-hmm. 
I, le- I left my, my drawers in her house. <laughs> in her my pants. I-, I need you to uh, go get them for me. Uh. <laughs> Will and I played some Stardew Valley in co-op once, and we realized that, like, in co-op, there's two pairs of pants. Yeah, one for oh. raised a lot of questions because it like, was oh. like, did you do this twice, Mayor Lewis? Did you, like, not learn from your first mistake? <laughs> I, I oh, just weird. can't quit her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, Mayor Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I enjoyed playing Stardew Valley in multiplayer was like you can get that like list of all the townspeople and it shows like your relation with them and you can, I think you can have some amount of relation with everybody and then there's some that you can romance right yeah yeah and then I liked in multiplayer because I was like a far I like a tenant on Travis's farm so I'm looking through all the players and all their heart I mean all the characters and all their hearts and then I get to Travis there's no relation there at all and his character <laughs> looks so stern and I was like ah, classic landlord. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Huh. That's funny. Will, what have you been playing? I have um just completed the game Metro 2033 uh Redux. Um, All right. Is, what yeah, is that? It is uh this like Ukrainian game set in like a post-apocalyptic Moscow, I believe, and it is a very linear atmosphere kind of horror-ish shooter. This um, game has ties to Stalker, right? No. No? Okay. No. Um, I think maybe some of the people who worked on it had worked on the Stalker series. But other oh, than okay. that, I don't think there's any real connection. Other than they're both apocalyptic yeah. Eastern Europe. Okay. Um, Interesting. It's very linear. Uh, some exploration. Uh, I really liked it because I really like just like games that are just like thick with atmosphere. And this game is mega thick um lots of fun uh the shooting is kind of iffy there's a lot of i I was surprised by how much of the game you could go through in stealth which was like pleasant because i could just knock people out and not kill people i liked it a lot uh i i i played it on the epic game store so i don't really know if that keeps track of how long i've played it so i don't know how long it took me so far i don't think it does okay so yeah i don't know how long it took me but i will say by the end of it i was like okay i'm glad it's done that was a long journey Mm mm-hmm um yeah i really liked it because i had owned it for a while with a non like remastered version of it and never really beaten it so i i sat down and beat it over the course of like three or four days um it was really cool uh one downside the field of view is like really low and i kind of got oh that makes me very nauseous and i was like yeah i I, like i get it works in this whole like you're crapped in you're like trapped in these tunnels and it's very claustrophobic but I felt kind of unwell by the time it was done. Oh, but not God. too unwell that uh, I, I went out and bought the sequel called La- Metro Last Light, and I intend to play that at some point. But uh, yeah, that's about all I've been playing recently. I mean, I've been playing Dark Souls 2 uh, with Travis, but we're still going through that. Yeah, um, but we yeah are near, we're, we're near the end, I think. Yes, and we have kind of taken a break from the main story, if you'll call it that, to do the dlc but yeah that's that's quite literally all i've been playing (laughs) nice what do you mean by like thick with atmosphere Um, oh yeah i I was gonna ask that too (laughs) i guess what i'm getting at by thick with atmosphere is maybe it also has to do with like the pace of a game but like you're kind of taking your time in these environments and you're really like they're richly detailed and you're spending a lot of time there like 
Maybe like a Call of Duty game has like a very detailed environment, but you're kind of zooming through it and the environment and what's around you isn't really the focus. Whereas okay. with this, it's kind of like you're looking around for things. You're if you go and explore a little, you can find maybe more ammunition or a med kit or something. You can kind of when look I hear around. when I hear atmosphere and thick in the same sentence, I think, oh, it's very smoggy. <laughs> oh, it is that too. I mean, you're underground, so yeah, there's there's plenty of like smog. There's some, there's some nice light rays and other stuff, which so, is a vibe, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all you listeners out there, if you like. Uh, thick atmosphere check out metro it might make you vomit because the field of view is super low but i liked it it was neat do you know anything about the difference between redux and non-redux uh i i guess redux they like ported the game to a newer version of their engine that they used on the sequel okay um i yeah i don't i never really beat the original version so i can't really remember any real comparisons yeah, I've played, I think I've played a couple hours of the original, but I got too scared. There was, like, stuff in the tunnels, and I was like, hmm, I'm only 14 or something, <laughs> so. I don't like these tunnels. I, I think we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back, and then we'll talk, about, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about games that I've played in Apple Arcade. Uh, I forgot to ask, did anyone else try Apple Arcade? No. I'm no. Okay, so I'll just very briefly let you guys know some games I enjoyed, and then we'll start talking about subscription services as our as our topic of this week's podcast. So we'll be right back. I hope Stardew Valley sequel Stardew Podcast, where you can ro- where you can uh, improve your relation with characters and get them to guest on your podcast. You think you hope that's a sequel? You said. I hope it is. That'd be cool. Yeah, that way all the people who really like the farming will be very upset and be but like. But there'd oh. have to be a lot of like text dialogue to go through. Uh, there would have to be. It'd have to be many novels worth. <laughs> be a bad game to play whilst recovering from ice. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> so of many novels, I saw online that like uh, more people were discovering Eighty Days because it launched on Switch. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bought a Switch for Cam and I, so that's fun. We have our Wait, is that, like... is that what you're playing Stardew Valley on? No. I was going to ask you. Oh. No, I'm playing it on my computer because I couldn't, because I got the, we got the Switch um, like two weeks after my eye surgery and I like couldn't even see, we have like a really big like plasma TV from like Cam's mom and um i had to like sit like right in front of it like a foot away from it to play mario kart because i couldn't Yikes. see it <laughs> and then my butt got really sore from sitting on the ground wait okay i'm just gonna say we're already back and we're gonna start at rebecca got a switch oh okay that okay, sounds so good so i i want to know what switch did you get what do you think of the switch and what have you been playing on the switch um what switch did we get yeah because there's many switches now there's there's the switch there's oh, the switch we got Lite. the original switch we got okay. the original switch with the blue and red joy cons we really want to get the pink and green ones because i like i think they look like watermelons and then we can both <laughs> have full ones um as opposed to like the half ones which are just like a pain in the ass to hold i don't know how people who have like bigger <laughs> hands than me are able to do it because it sucks yeah. but i guess that's just how it is um we're playing Mario Kart. We're not Cam and I. Neither of us played a lot of Smash Bros, so we didn't get Smash Bros. But oh. Cam has been playing um, Breath of the Wild. I have not because I couldn't see 
when we were playing, and I was just like, why don't you just play it? game has tiny text, so... Yeah. Probably and not a good game if you're... If, you're, if, if I you're, can't uh, see anything. Yeah. Yeah. But he's been having a blast, and, like, you know, playing Mario Kart is always fun, so... um yeah, I'm definitely way better at him than Mario Kart, which is cool. I feel like I'm not very competitive, but it's fun when you're really when you're like significantly better and you can just like, <laughs> you know, be an asshole about it. That's always good. I hate competition, except when I can rub other people's faces. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I can be mean this. about it. But yeah, I don't know. It's just been it's been really, really fun. And I can't wait to like buy more games eventually. What do you recommend? Ooh, <laughs> for Switch, um, man, there's a lot of good games on Switch. My like, as someone who has primarily played PC games for like the majority of my life, my approach to consoles is to like try to go after the console exclusives. So like Breath of the Wild, anything that's like exclusive to Switch, because that makes me feel like I'm like getting the the maximum value out of the like multiple hundreds of dollars i spent on a console if yes. that makes sense yes um i get that but yeah but like there's a lot of really cute like indie games that are multi-platform that like i feel like play well on on the switch um uh i'm trying to think which which ones i have on my switch but um i have a, i have a copy of stardew valley on switch because i think that game like is is good portable um and it's like a good port too sometimes ports are like ah there's a lot of compromises here but um mm -hmm. but yeah start, start, i mean there's not a lot of like graphical stress to stardew valley so yeah i know um i've heard a lot of good things about Link's awakening but i haven't played that yet that's oh. that's one that's like on my um on my to buy list at some point uh-huh one of my friends has been playing that and she's been enjoying it a lot so um, I told him we should get that next. I definitely want to get Skyrim at some point. I'm not sure when because I can't play it on my computer anymore because I don't have my partition and it just seems like a big hassle. And um, but it'd be fun to like be able to go revisit Skyrim because I haven't played that in a long time and it was one of my favorite games. So um, they they ported Jedi Knight Two to Switch. Which is funny, because, like, <laughs> that's a really old game, and it's a really good Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Um, I might try that at some point. I might not. I don't know. I think it's, like, ten bucks or something. Oh, wow. So, uh, I, what was it, like, two weeks ago now? Uh, the, was the rollout of Apple Arcade which is a new uh, mobile game subscription service. Um, I am on the, like, one-month trial, and then, it, uh, and then it's, like, $4.99 a month is the price on this. And I've been enjoying it a lot so far, is what I'll say. Um, there were a, like, a handful, really, of, of indie games that I had been keeping an eye on and was probably going to buy at some point on and I was thinking on PC or on Switch um and I at some point around like when Apple Arcade was launching I I realized while looking at like an ad for Apple Arcade that all of these games were on Apple Arcade so I ended up just playing them there 
And so I don't know if I like compromised any of these games by playing them as mobile games instead of on like the bigger platform or not. But I feel like in terms of pure value, like $4.99 or I guess like $0 for now is like a is is a good price for a whole bunch of games that probably would have added up to like a hundred dollars uh or so if i had bought them all individually on different platforms um and so i started like thinking about the concept of subscription services kind of the concept of like having now a subscription service even for mobile games and so i want to just kind of have a conversation about uh about that and what we think about like the way games are priced and the value and the like quantity of all these different subscription services but first uh i'll just i'll, I'll briefly run through some of the many games that i played on apple arcade there's one called neocab which is like this very anti-capitalist story about a, a girl who is trying to make it in the world as a neocab driver while the like the evil corporation that rules the world is like out to ruin everything. Um, that one I played through in a couple days because I just like the story was really engaging to me. Um, so it, it's like a it's like a visual novel uh, presentation, and there's like some like managing of your money is a thing. Like I never ran out of money, but I imagine there's a fail state if you do or something. I don't know. Um, I played a game called Mutazone, where you um, like tend to plants in this world where uh, like a, a meteor has crashed and like a hundred years ago and created this like island of mutants and you go to like hang out with your dying grandfather or something and take care of his plants. I'm not very far into it, so I'm still working on that one. Um... I played a game called Mini Motor. I've played a lot of Mini Motorways actually, which is the the follow up to a game called Mini Metro that I really like. Um, in Mini Motorways, you're just like connecting roads between houses, and so it's like conceptually kind of the same thing as Mini Metro, but it's a little different because there's a lot of there's a lot more like individuality in this game. Um, I like Mini Metro, how you're kind of f f focusing on this, like, big, bigger scale, like, mass transit infrastructure system, and then in, in Mini Motorways, it's, like, trying to make sure every, it's kind of like managing roads in, like, city skylines or something, or in SimCity, like, trying to make sure everyone can get from their house to work in a reasonable amount of time, and then inevitably, like, the traffic backs up and you <laughs> hit a fail state. Uh-huh. So, Yeah. That's a couple, there's I, there's a lot of games that I've messed around with. There's one called What the Golf, which is like a funny, uh, like you, in the first level you hit a golf ball by like pulling back with your finger and letting go. In the second level you do the same thing, but instead of hitting the golf ball, like your golf club just goes flying and then it just keeps getting more absurd as you like smack different objects around the world. Um, I played the mobile version of Overland, which is like an indie take on XCOM and I didn't have a lot of fun with it because the aliens kept killing me so I don't know how much more time I'll try on that one <laughs> um, and then I the last one I'll mention is Sayonara Wild Hearts which I th th this is one of my favorite ones that I got to play on Apple Arcade um, it's a they describe it as like a 
like a interactive music album. So it's like it's like a, it's like listening to like an electro pop album, but like each song is a different level, and it it's this very fluid like it's kind of the endless runner system, right? Of like you have a thing and you try to go like left and right and make the jumps and stuff and pick up hearts along the way, but it's very like artsy and fluid in the way it presents itself. Like you're never in the same camera angle more than once. It's always like going all over the place, doing crazy stuff. Um, there's levels where you're like on a motorcycle. Uh, there's levels where you're like on a deer going through the forest. There's one where it turns into Galaga and you're just like playing Galaga for a level. Um, there are songs that I really like too. Like there are some songs that are really good. So uh, that is, yeah, I really enjoyed Sayonara Wild Hearts. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it more on, like, PC, or I don't think it's on PC. It's on, I think it's on Switch. I think it's on PS4, maybe. Um, and I did feel like the mobile controls sometimes weren't as responsive as I wanted them to be. Like, I, I think it was just kind of getting used to the game. Like, sometimes I'd be way over in the left lane, and then the hearts were in the right lane, and I'm, like, doing this weird, like, push and pull with my fingers on my phone screen to try to get over there in time, and didn't always work in a way that I felt like it should have, but um, it was it was a nice game with, like, a nice color palette, too, and I don't know what the story was. It was very abstract. It starts off, you're, like, you're, uh, uh, you're a person who like has a broken heart and this causes their world to like explode in a very like metaphoric way that is like literal in the game and then it just kind of goes from there so i can't tell you much about the story but i can tell you that it was fun to zip about and pick up hearts while listening to like electro pop music <laughs> which i guess maybe if you don't like electro pop you wouldn't like this game but that's kind of one of my uh, music genre pleasures, so it was all sort of a win-win for me. Um, why, why wouldn't someone like to listen to electropop? Because, Rebecca, people have different tastes in music, and some people are very picky. <laughs> some people really <laughs> do not like pop or any of pop's forms as genres and just kind of disqualify it because it's, I don't know, overly simple or just like... I feel like they're just lying to themselves to be like smart or pretentious, you know? Because like, what's not what's not to like about pop music? It's just like so, like happy and upbeat. Yeah. And why can't we enjoy nice things? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of bad pop. Yes, but like but... the con the concept of pop and like what you can do with pop is not at all bad. It's it's a very it's a very enjoyable genre of music. Definitely. I know you guys haven't messed around with Apple Arcade at all, but I I hope that maybe by just kind of giving you guys my rundown of, of what I did uh, with Apple Arcade and my like positive thoughts on Apple Arcade, um, who has like any sort of experience with subscription services for games? And what do you guys think of the way that subscription services have been rolling out and the value of a subscription service in the year of our Lord 2019 versus the AAA $60 price tag? I have zero, absolutely zero experience with 
uh, any sort of subscription thing for gaming that includes like, uh, yeah, I've never paid like a monthly subscription for any sort of gaming services. Does that sound like something you'd ever do? Um, if it's games like with Apple Arcade, but l- then absolutely like a lot of those mm-hmm. indie games, like those are things it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind paying monthly to get access and play those. Although sometimes I, I, I do enjoy like I like the owning price. games. Uh, like I like being able to like just have a game. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd like to try Apple uh, Apple Arcade, but I can't because uh, I do not have any Apple devices. So later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I can't do that. And uh, I don't know. Like I, I kind of get the whole like, oh, I like to own my games. But for me, I, I, I felt that way for a long time. But for me. Now, at least, it's kind of like, okay, I play these games, and then they just kind of sit mm-hmm. for, like, years, and then I go back to it later. Um, so, for me, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, paying, like, a monthly fee to play some games. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm having to, like, come to grips of, like, the value of a game. Like, what is it to, like, is the monthly amount I pay over time going to be worth it for what I get? Like, that's what i'm wondering because yeah. i guess like i don't play like a large number of games mm-hmm. um i feel like i'll just like play one or two for a while um and then you know like table then maybe go back to some other games revisit some of my favorites um but i don't have a very big steam library or anything like that um probably spend way way less than 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 you do on games um so, I mean, yeah, if it was only, like, $4, then that might be fine if I'm, like, you know, not playing a lot of games. But then, at the same time, I feel like it the the low dollar amount for, like, a large variety, I feel like you'd have to play, like, several games at once in order to get, like, the full value of what you're paying for, like, the full value of the experience, right? I don't know. Does it feel worth it if you feel like you're forced to dedicate time to making sure you got the full value out of your subscription? That's I, w- I think that's how I would feel, and that's probably well, probably why I wouldn't want to do it because like I would you know like oh I gotta like you know pay play the games in order to you know get my four dollars. Mm-hmm. But again, it's to, only four dollars. Four dollars that you already spent. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, you know, if it's it's if it's something like small, but if it was something like fifteen dollars a month, then like maybe I don't know. I feel like I would feel a little bit more hesitant because I could, you know, I, I guess I play other games for longer than I guess like a sixty. What's like sixty dollars divided by fifteen? like four months and i feel like i play some games that i play for 60 dollars that i paid 60 dollars for way longer than like just like a sort of sort of amount a short amount of time wow i can't talk mm-hmm. um because i was just like comparing it to like the adobe creative cloud which i pay sub- like monthly and i've paid monthly for years and years now and i'm definitely mm-hmm. paying way way more for adobe creative cloud than i ever was when I if I just purchased you know like the full suite of like Adobe Illustrator Photoshop and InDesign so I think in the current ecosystem for me like I know that there's always going to be games 
of different price values, like some $60, some $20 or whatever that are not included in subscription services. So I feel like I, I, I don't really have any interest in paying monthly for something like Game Pass or like PS Now because I know that there's still going to be games outside of that that I'm going to have to pay for anyway if I want to play them. Mm-hmm. I think in the case of Apple Arcade, that one was a little bit of a like this one is a bit unique to me. One of the one of the things about Apple Arcade that I think is interesting is that uh, every game on the platform is unique to Apple Arcade and is exclusive to Apple Arcade. So like, and I, I I didn't realize that at first. I wasn't expecting that. Like when when a subscription service rolls out their content like netflix right like netflix has original programming but netflix also picks up a lot of other things that they didn't make um i thought that's what apple arcade was going to do like i thought there would be some other like classic mobile games on there you know like 80 days maybe or like alto's odyssey but Mm -hmm. it's i'm not really sure what the thought process is but it's like it's all exclusives um i don't that must be some sort of like marketing thing just to like make sure that that because like there's games in apple arcade like neocab for instance that are like this is a linear game and i'm i'm probably never going to touch it again and so i feel like i I definitely got a lot of value out of that but i'm also like sinking a lot of time into like mini motorways and if i could pay like five dollars or ten dollars to just have mini motorways on my iphone forever i would do that but it's like if i want to play mini motorways for like a long period of time I would have to pay $5 a month to make sure that I still have access to many motorways. So that's kind of the way I've been thinking about subscription services, just in terms of the way that like games have replay value. So I feel like if, if I I feel like if you're going to play any sort of game that has like, uh, like progression, like if you were really into like gears five, I would think that you would want to just like, pay $60 to own Gears 5 rather than pay like 5 or $10. I don't know what the price of Game Pass is anymore, but to pay like $10 a month because you would quickly eclipse like the base cost of, of just owning Gears 5 if you were to play it for like a year or two years, right? That's what I was trying to say, but doing a very bad job of it. <laughs> but I guess for me, like I'm not, I, I don't usually spend a lot of time in the sort of like uh, accrued progression, multiplayer-focused games like like Gears 5 or like Call of Duty. Um, I play a lot of games that are like one and done. You experience the story and then you set it aside and maybe come back to it in four or five years if you're feeling nostalgic or something like that. And so for those sort of games, I, I feel like, like if there was like a PC-based, like if GOG or something, or if Itch.io was like, Here's a here's a five dollar a month subscription. Here's a bunch of like indie games that are story based, and you'll play once and you'll never play them again. I would absolutely subscribe to that. I think the tension between sort of like replayability and just sort of like one and done is interesting. Yeah. With the subscription model, um, because of the things that like you were saying, but then like I wonder how the game developers are then paid. Like, I wonder if one is more profitable than the other um, Mm -hmm. to just, you know, like have a bunch of people like spend $60 to play a game that they maybe will play or maybe they won't play, you know, but they'll at least buy the game. Whereas like you have a whole bunch of people 
paying a lot less and then so, like your 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 yeah. your your game is sort of like thrown into the ringer with a whole bunch of other people and are you paid based on like a flat fee or like how many people play your game or I wonder how that works. So there's a there's a weird and mysterious thing about Apple Arcade where there's no official info about how the developers are paid. Um they've all obviously they have some sort of contract due to the like the exclusivity, right? Yeah. Um there's a lot of there's rumors and there's speculation that Apple is paying the developers of these games based on playtime. Which is interesting, especially for like a game like Mini Motorways that you that I have sunk probably at least a handful of hours into, versus like Neo Cab, which took me like probably three hours to finish, and I have since uninstalled it. Um, so I, I I wonder if at some point in the future we'll hear about how this model is working out, uh, and if that's even the case, because those are just like rumors that I, I have no idea like what the actual situation is how people how developers are actually being paid by apple we know in the case of like epic that uh epic has been paying developers up front uh like a lot of money for the exclusive rights to their games for a limited amount of time um so like we know how that sort of works i'm just i would be very curious to know what is going on uh, with Apple and Apple Arcade, and if that sort of model is viable, whatever it happens to be. And then, like, so, like, in the case of Spotify, like, we've seen this sort of phenomenon where songs, the, the, like, the, the, like, the median length of a song has dropped from, like, three minutes, 30 seconds to, like, two minutes, um, over the course of, like, the advent of Spotify. Um, those aren't like quotable numbers. I'm just that that was sort of an exaggeration. But like the the like the average length of songs has gone down by a lot to the point where we have like like Old Town Road is I think like a two minute song and it's like it has been the number one song for a very long time. And so I wonder if that sort of thought would if that's the way that Apple Arcade is being run and if that's the way developers are being paid. I wonder if we'd start seeing more games that try to like get you to keep playing and possibly through like means that are kind of shady like dark patterns which is interesting because the, the whole like one of the big selling points of apple arcade is these are a bunch of like premium mobile games that they're not going to ask you for microtransactions um and so i wonder if like the flip side of that is like they're going to ask you for playtime like they're going to yeah. ask you for your blood i don't i don't know i don't know how any of this works huh it seems very it seems like a horrible decision from my point of view to like tie if this is the how they're paying players to like yeah, tie yeah. playtime to like the like monetary compensation they get right because on other platforms that's like had negative effects like i know for people on i've said that like youtube for has switched towards like a system of like the longer somebody watches the more like yeah high value advertising will be placed on that video which has led to a problem of lots of people on lots of channels coming out that make droll content that goes on for like 10 minutes and like 10 seconds just to get over a certain like limit so that they, like youtube will look at it and go ah yes people have watched it that means they're engaged with this content well, as far as they're concerned therefore we will provide like 
I don't know, greater funds to the, uh, to this user for the advertisements we show. And it's like, I don't know. There's kind of this disconnect between like what you're actually engaging with. Like I can understand a, a, like a game that you play like a whole lot, like a, like Flappy Bird. Like that's a game somebody could get addicted to and play it like a yeah. lot. But then you've got some games that are maybe like a rich narrative or something. And they're only like a few hours or an hour long. Like that rich narrative game won't get as much like money mm -hmm. and so people might be like disincentivized to make things like that and just make things to draw people's time and then mm -hmm. it's this case of okay are you really getting your money's worth if you're just paying for like things that are that you're going to sink hours of your day into rather than like yeah i'm paying money monthly but i get access to these like really neat unique uh narrative experiences or just these neat experiences you know they don't have to be narrative but that's interesting to me because I wonder, yeah, I wonder where I like, I wonder where that system comes from of like tying value to time and like what a better system would be. Yeah. Because I mean, <sighs> regardless of how you do that, you have to get into this discussion of, okay, what is this game worth? And that's like, all right, I don't want to touch that subject. I don't know. I can't do that. Everybody gets something different out of it. How are we going to, peg something monetarily like yep this is this is what this should be paid or this is what it should be bought for because i feel like with like netflix they track how many hours you're watching and they try to put out like a lot of content and not necessarily focus on the quality of the content mm -hmm. uh as as much as they do like the quantity like let's make sure we have like this many original series so you feel like you're getting your money's worth when really a lot of the original series are just like not very well produced mm -hmm. and just kind of are very formulaic and and systemic and like disney movies right like mm -hmm. let's remake a lot of old movies yep. because this is guaranteed to bring in money even though it's not like very good the sort of like paying based on like playtime reminds me a lot of like the consignment model of kind of of like retail spaces you know like taking in i guess like new products because i sell my zines and i really like working with powells because they don't operate on a consignment uh, model they just sort of like they'll buy like a set number of zines and then those just get put on the shelf and that's the stock that they have and then then they just stay there until they all get sold and then i'm told like oh hey the zine sold out you know we'll buy 10 more and of, of of the ones that are out and you know whereas like other stores they'll like do consignment right and then you get maybe at the end of the month you'll get like a check for however many were sold at like the you know they'll take the whatever like consignment agreement was was agreed upon usually it's like a 60 40 split and um i guess it's i guess i don't particularly like that because there's like a much higher investment on the side of like the developer like me who's like putting all this like material and time and effort into this product that i'm making and then you know like maybe or maybe i won't get paid for it and then those the zines will just sit on the shelf at this one particular store forever if like they aren't being sold and that's just kind of like i don't know i <laughs> i don't particularly like that because there's like not really a, a a real way to get paid for the labor that i did it's right. just sort of like dependent upon whatever happens at the shop and like maybe the display isn't put up very well or i don't know other 
factors that are kind of beyond my control, um, which I, I guess that's, you know, the downside too. But um, I wonder if like that's going to be how, you know, the, the developers who, who made like NeoCab feel compared to the developers at like Mini Metro. I think it's interesting or, that you brought up. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I was. I guess it's not mini metro. It's mini motorways. No, is mini that what motorways, it is? Yeah. Okay. What were you saying, Will? Sorry. Uh, you brought up. You know, you had no control. Like you, you provide this material and the labor, and then, but you have no control over how it's presented, the environment in which it's sold. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing with like these kinds of games. It's okay. They, they, the developers have put their time and effort into this project they've devoted their own funds and now it's going to be well they might have been published but then then it's provided to the apple arcade and how is it going to be displayed not maybe just on the apple arcade but any other sort of streaming service like is it just going to be displayed with like a bunch of these other like different types of games that have nothing in common with it and this game kind of yeah. can't get a chance to stand out on its own as in like hold on there, this game is different it's not like some game you can pick up and drop whenever this is like a, a short little experience or maybe this is a longer type of game like is there some sort of way to ensure that like each game is kind of getting shown off in its best possible light yeah that's like that's how that's how epic games is right like they're making sure that they're featuring these exclusives mm -hmm. on their storefront and those games are like th those those games are are making a lot of of money like borderlands 3 was in extremely popular untitled goose game has been extremely popular mm -hmm. um the apple arcade uh like they, they when you look at the apple arcade page now in the app store there's always like a big featured game it seems like it changes every day uh the selection of apple arcade i believe is like a hundred ish games or so so i would imagine that there's like plenty of room for you to uh see them all on the storefront at some point or another um i'm 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 curious if like so when i said that the games are exclusive i guess i should clarify that they're exclusive to apple arcade on mobile there are games like sayonara wild hearts mm. and like neocab that are actually on other platforms like switch and uh like steam uh neocab is on steam i just noticed um those so i i i wonder if kind of the 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 games that that we're wondering about like neocab that are very linear and you wouldn't play for very long if those are are kind of like they're getting a check from apple to have it in apple arcade they're also making a lot of money from other platforms so they're not necessarily as worried about that mm -hmm. and maybe that's kind of their reason for doing that whereas maybe other games that are literally exclusive to apple arcade such as what the golf mm -hmm. those maybe are are more like intricately designed to keep you playing for long periods of time and then that gets that that gets to an interesting point of then what but then what is a game made for mobile will it sure will it, will it kind of like will we gradually see less of these kind of short narrative experiences because they are just almost absolutely unprofitable uh, perhaps and then we'll see or, more people or will they just like not be willing to participate in the subscription model because mm -hmm. the games are still being released like on ios that are not part of apple arcade yeah. all the time of course i i guess that sort of like that that's another question i have for this discussion is like what how do we see can we predict like the trajectory of of where these models go like do these overtake the uh, current model at all at any point 
or do we see them evening out or do we think subscription services are going to just outright fail does anyone have any ideas i don't think that it will i mean i don't think it will outright fail just because people have sort of come to expect um a subscription model um for a lot of things because mm-hmm. i think of you know like the success of like netflix and um I guess like other just like subscription services that you can get, like you can get like your razor blades delivered to your house Um, because people play games for like so many different reasons and play games in so many different ways. Like I don't particularly think that like subscription models will just like overtake what already has or what already exists. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think it'd be kind of like reading, you know, where like you do have kind of like subscription models where you can get, you know, access to like books. I guess you can also go to your library too, but like, I I don't know why people like pay for services like this, but they exist. And I guess like Amazon, like Kindle Unlimited, things like that. Um, But like people still just like go out and buy books because like they want to have the book or they only want to like, well, they want to reread it again um, instead of just kind of like paying a flat fee. People like to own things. People like to own things. There was a guy who spent like 60 hours rendering a realistic 3D uh, rendering of him, like his room with the cyberpunk uh, collector's edition products on his bed. He posted that in the cyberpunk Reddit. And a lot of people were like, why? Why, Why did you do this? Oh my gosh. And I also feel like people don't want to feel like strung along mm-hmm. as well. Again, I don't know. I feel like with four dollars a month, that's not like a lot of dollars um, for most people. But do, does it go up at some point? Yeah, when like Apple really... decides we're not making enough money, like Netflix. Are we just going to mm-hmm. hike up the price? Yeah, and I still feel like it would be kind of silly. Because like I is is uh, mini motorways only on the Apple Arcade or is it also? Yeah, yeah ah. you have to subscribe to Apple Arcade. There's no See? Th- none of these games have a buy it option. That's frustrating because I really want to play mini motorways because I love I think, mini metro. I think mini motorways at some point comes to like PC, mm-hmm. but I've only ever played mini metro on mini metros on PC. I've only ever played it on mobile. Like it's a mobile game to me. That's how I consume it. I don't have any interest in booting up, like, Mini Metro on my big computer monitor and sitting there watching dots connect to squares. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel. Like, I just, like, enjoy playing it, you know, like, I'm on the bus. Yeah. Um, It's like a a pocket thing. It's like, hey, I have mm -hmm. this thing. Instead of, like, twiddling my thumbs or knitting or whatever people did 100 years ago, I just pull out Mini Metro and play Mini Metro for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm, I'm disappointed that, like, I can't play many motorways. Yeah. And because I would buy that. I would pay $5 for that and then just, like, have it. Because I've had mini Metro for quite some time. And it, and it, it gets regular play. Like, it's not yeah. just, like, sitting on my phone not doing anything. Like, all my to-do apps. But I wonder how much mini Metro is on the store. Which store? On the Apple Store. It, it won't tell me because I already own it. Hmm. I was just looking at it on Steam. It's ten dollars on Steam. It's ten dollars on Steam. Yeah. Cause I think it's it's got to be like five dollars on mobile. I think 
I think I paid $5 for it. It's $4 on uh, iOS, I think. It's $1 on Android. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. it is. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I can pick it up. You, you should. Play, you, you should play Mini Metro. It's so much fun. It's one of those games that you, like, you play with headphones because it's, it's very mm -hmm. zen. Oh, that's yes, cool. like the, uh, the sound needs to be on. Yeah, because like the, the stations and the lines kind of create a soundtrack as oh, you neat. build them. Yeah. Mm hmm And Mini Motorways does the same thing. Oh, that's it's, so it's, cool. It's very relaxing. Mini, by the, the first thing that I noticed about Mini Motorways was that uh, there's not as many maps. There's like, I think Mini Metro, they've updated Mini Metro over the years. Yeah, there's to, many. There's like 20 maps in Mini yeah, Metro. Yeah, there are so many maps. Mini Motorways, I think, has like six or seven, but they all have like... They're 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 from they're cities around the world. So there's like one of them is Beijing, one of them's Tokyo, and um they have like landmarks on the map that you see in like the like the native script of whatever country you're playing in, which I think is very cute. And then each city has a color to its um like screen instead of white. So like Tokyo is like this very relaxing shade of pink. And Beijing is like this nice, like light blue. You can also turn on dark mode if you want, but I like just, I like that each city has a color. I don't know. It makes it like nice to me because Mini Metro is like every, every, it's like white, I think, or black if you're using dark mode. So I like the variety of, of color in Mini Motorways. I hope they add more cities to Mini Motorways. Yeah, that sounds so much fun. Oh, I'm, I probably will at least do the, the trial. Got but him. if we're <laughs> but if we're comparing you know mini motorways to mini metro and just looking at like how i like i paid you know maybe five dollars four or five dollars for yeah. mini metro several years ago and i still play it whereas like right. i would have to pay four dollars every single month to play a game maybe it was more expensive maybe it would be ten dollars you're gonna but... spend like two hundred dollars on mini motorways <laughs> Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and I, and I feel like that's what I was kind of like going back to what I said earlier about like you'd probably have to play way more games in order to make that worth it, right? But like if I only wanted to play mini motorways, then I don't know, it wouldn't yeah. be very cost effective. Like, and I then feel I feel like I I wish there was an option to buy it, but I also feel like they're not going to do that because that is against the purpose. Mm -hmm. of just trying to get people to subscribe yeah or probably what like, they're doing i feel like up until this point most gaming services like gaming services haven't ha haven't been banking on exclusivity to try to attract people like game pass you can buy all those games individually uh ps now you can buy them all individually so um they, like there isn't anything that's like you have to subscribe to ps now to play this game but like, I guess, I mean, because Apple is so big, like they can, they, they they have the infrastructure in place to do this and to pay developers to do this, apparently. So I guess, I mean, it convinced me to sign up for the trial. Mm -hmm. Just what, what they were offering was the thing that convinced me, I guess, like the game selection that was there and just considering like the, the, the like short term savings, I guess, of like all of these indie games that were launching at once i mm -hmm. see i don't know if apple arcade is going to be something that i continue to subscribe to for a long time or not i guess that remains to be seen 
Um, I don't know if any new games have launched for Apple Arcade in the past two weeks. I don't know what they're... Uh, I, I don't I don't know what to expect as far as like new releases and stuff. Um, it's kind of in it's like infant stage of like just having launched as a product. So I like I don't I don't know how frequently they expect to put new games on Apple Arcade. I imagine if like if there are frequent compelling releases, then it would be something I would stay subscribed to. But um, I mean, for now, it's just been like I tried it out. There's a few games that I still want to try out there's one called when cards fall which is by uh a it's by the people who did the alto games which is the the like the other couple of games that i think are must plays on mobile uh aside from mini metro the alto games are the ones where you're you're like snowboarding or sandboarding um and they're also very zen and relaxing there's there's more for me to go through i just i don't know how sustainable this is long term until the future i guess I'm also interested in like the exclusivity of various subscription services because I feel like that's how you that's how you I guess Hulu and and, and Netflix and HBO get you mm. is like their yeah. exclusive content that you want to see um yeah I I guess I don't really know how profitable it would be for like like distributors or things like that but i hope not but i'm also interested like i i'm, I'm not sure because like, i feel like we could just sort of like come to accept it's like a morbid uh, curiosity yeah it's <laughs> definitely a morbid curiosity um i feel like we've just sort of come to accept it like okay i have to have you know if i can want to participate in the television online i have to have like one of each right and maybe you have friends who like give you their passwords and all of that stuff and like one of you pays for like each one and whatever like this is i do but i don't know it's interesting and i don't really know how i feel about it but yeah i don't have any good conclusions i don't either i mean I, I can't think of any conclusion to really draw from this. I mean, we're it's such an early stage in like mm -hmm. the growth of like s streaming services into this kind of medium. It's like I don't know. I don't know what it'll look like. I have no clue. And there's so many too now. Yeah. They they just keep coming. It's just it's funny to me that like oh like a streaming service for or subscription based service for music. For me it's like, well yeah, I'm not going to go I'm not going to go buy <laughs> this isn't 2003. I'm not going to go out and buy disc discs for everything. The streaming service for movies, it's like, yeah, I don't want to I'm I only have so much shelf space, you guys. Let me just stream this. It's like, yeah, of course I want it to be streamed. Streaming services for games? Whoa, 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 hold on there. Whoa, back it up. It's like that still just seems so foreign. And it's just showing like how early into this we really are. What are we talking about? Streaming services? Are we no, talking not about just streaming, but subscription-based, I guess. But, okay, but streaming that's as well. There's this like, whole other thing. No, but with, I mean, like, like just like you pay monthly, and, like this whole X Cloud thing. Yeah, but see, then you start into the case now. of you pay a full price for a game, and and you in a way own it. Yeah. In a way, what I'm getting at is just like a monthly payment thing. I should say. Right, to have access to this library. Yes, for like, yeah, and for like music, even books, which I don't, I don't really know. And then like movies, it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 I'll pay monthly. Yeah, of course. And then for games, it's like, hmm. I think it's just going to end up like the deciding factor for most people is going to have to be like, do you plan on playing this game 
for like longer than a couple months mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like do you do you plan on trying to make it as like one of the top players in modern warfare or so that's probably not on a subscription service i don't know <laughs> but like gears or something like that and if so does it make sense to pay ten dollars a month for that over the course of like a year when you could pay half the price and just you know have internal access to it until like the internet crumbles and society <laughs> fractures or whatever yeah i think that's like a good i guess like a good prediction or like a good i don't know way of looking at it yeah but i, I think it also depends on like what because corporations like have so much influence over society so like mm-hmm. if apple decides that it really really wants to push apple arcade it could probably do something really aggressive and kind of change yeah. the way that we consume mobile games mm-hmm. um, i, I don't know, know what... if that's what they're trying to do mm-hmm. i imagine they probably i imagine that's probably sort of a goal it's probably not feasible right now but like like i imagine like now it has to exist as kind of a it exists side by side right there are games that you buy uh on ios and there are games that you play by subscribing to directly to their service i i i wonder if they want their service to be the end-all be-all or if they want it to sort of coexist and how people will react to changes as they come i don't know yeah i want to hear like what their takeaways were in their like market research and like who they were talking to and like how they were framing the questions and i i guess i want to yeah i wish i i wish we could know more about like why they decided to go with it obviously they think they're going to make money they they ha- they have enough evidence to really like push this out and then go through with like the launch it doesn't seem like it is hugely experimental but it is still like new enough that i'm sure people are a little skeptical but i want to know I guess, like, why they decided to do it. Aside yeah, from just, like, like, obviously to make more money, but, like, a little bit more sometimes nuanced. when I hear, like, new subscription services launching, like, this whole... Like, there was the whole thing several months ago where, like, HBO is under new ownership, and also they're at some point launching, like, HBO Max, which is, like, a higher-priced premium subscription service. Like, that to me just sounds like a company is struggling with finances and mm-hmm. is, like, throwing... Not a Hail Mary, but like uh, like a sort of carefully orchestrated plan to try to convince people to give them uh, like a more reliable source of income than mm-hmm. whatever they're getting right now. So that's kind of what that sounds like to me. And that's what I initially think when I think of something like Apple Arcade. The other thing that I saw a lot of um, of on the internet, I guess, was people saying like, wow, I tried Apple Arcade, and it turns out there are actually really good mobile games. Which I thought, like, there have always been really good mobile games. It's just that, like, people don't... People don't value the mobile platform in the same way that they value the non-mobile platform. Um, So people are less willing to buy, like, to to dish out money for mobile games. Um, And so you end up with, like, the majority of mobile games played are these free-to-play games, which mm-hmm. are, you know, bad. Um, and so this idea of, like, a premium subscription service where you play a whole bunch of games that are, like, crafted really well and do not pester you to pay them any money is, like, 
that, that seemed like that was really appealing to a lot of people. It uh, wasn't anything new to me because I feel like I spend like probably $5 a month on mobile games anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know that there are a lot of good mobile games out there. Um, and that like there always have been. So I, I, I think, I don't know if it's a positive thing or a negative thing but like it seems like apple arcade has made a lot of people realize that like the mobile platform can actually be a very enjoyable space and i i'm not quite sure why people have always sort of undervalued mobile games um i've always kind of seen it as like just a different platform like kind of like the game boy was a handheld platform mobile games are a handheld platform you could do some interesting things with the with mobile devices that you can't with other devices you can make like gps based games you can make gyroscope based games so that is just <laughs> this is one interesting takeaway from me was like wow good games on mobile who would have thought yeah i mean it, it doesn't really help that like on like the app stores when you go to a game section though like the really good games are usually a lot harder to find yeah yeah and i wonder why that is Especially when like Apple Arcade is doing a is is like pulling a lot of weight to promote all of its uh like library of content. Like why can't you guys do that with you know, the the non Apple Arcade premium games? I don't know. Cause it's always like here, I'm in the app store, here are the top played games and it's like Clash of Ass or whatever. And I, it's like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I, like, I guess that's what most people are playing, but it doesn't mean that needs to be, like, the top thing on the... I don't know. Wasn't one of your topic ideas, Travis, about, um, sort of... Was it mine about search engines kind of, like, skewing the results so it will only, like, show them... Or like it will more likely to show you like their own content, like it happens on. I think you didn't you send you posted. I can't that remember. In the I yeah okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I wonder if that's sort of like at play in the Apple Store, where like maybe the free to play games are more profitable because of all the microtransactions, um, and mm -hmm. so Apple is like, oh, we make more money this way if we like promote this. Um, because like I'm sure they get I like mean, that some. Probably is. Yeah. It is. It's also probably tied to, to like with a lot of those free games. It's like, oh, it's free, but with ads, and then by having a lot of those do really well, the big company that runs the app store can be like, look, if you advertise with our platform, you'll look at all these people your ads will reach, and it's like, yeah, they're not gonna, yeah. they're not gonna try and get more people to play these premium games because that that doesn't do well for their bottom line. So they're like, hell no, fuck that. Because the world is all about making money. Hell yeah, that's what I learned from Neocab anyway. <laughs> I, can, I don't remember the name of the company in Neocab. In Mr. Robot, it's just called Evil Corp, so that's what it is in my head. <laughs> Evil Corp? Yeah. There are things in Mr. Robot that are like, you're not sure if they're an abstraction. I think Evil Corp in Mr. Robot is probably just an abstraction. Like, it actually has a real name, but, like, the way the show presents it, everyone just, like, says it's Evil Corp. Because <laughs> it doesn't really matter what it's actually called. <laughs> I talked to a lot of people who got in my cab. Do they have a good dialogue? Yeah. Also, um, you have this thing in Neocab called a, like a, like a feel ring or something it's on your wrist and like depending on what sort of interactions you have it can change 
color going in like one of four directions. It's like a like high-tech like, mood ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So it, well, like, I think they're like happy. Like on the good end, there's like happy and there's like sort of a green one that's like a state of bliss sort of. And then on the other end, it's like angry, which is red and sad, which is blue. And depending on what sorts of interactions you have, if your ring gets like too, like if you become extremely furious, then it starts it starts like locking off dialogue options so you can only say the furious ones. So I found myself in situations where I was being very irritated with people when I didn't necessarily want to be. And the other like interactions were just there on my screen. So I was like, Why? but I don't want to say that. I want to say this other thing. And the game would be like, nope, you're very angry. That, but that does kind of make sense. It does. it does. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, because like, yeah, that's 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 cool. That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're just so pissed, you're just like, fuck. That's yeah. when like your only mood in service is to be surly and grumpy to people. Yeah. You also you also learn very early on in the game that your um that your mood ring is also owned by Evil Corp. So oh. it's like probably sending data to them. <laughs> huh. It actually it gets very like nihilistic towards the end about like what companies can do with data and how they can sort of like shape the world to maximize their profitability and then it has like different endings so like it doesn't have to be nihilistic if you do the right things but like i i was able to like load a game so i saw like the good ending and i saw the bad ending and like they were very different endings so um it just sort of depends on on what you do there is definitely sort of a well there's definitely an ending that's like yeah you you completely fucked up <laughs> which was the first ending that i got and i didn't enjoy that so i just went back a few saves and said hmm i can say a different thing here any more thoughts on subscription services fresh we'll, out we'll yeah take, fresh out <laughs> we'll take another break and uh we'll be right back And we're back. And before we wrap up this podcast, we're going to dive into our our new segment that we're just calling Thoughts and Prayers, where we reflect on whatever we've got on our mind. Rebecca, what thoughts and prayers do you have for us this week? Um, my thoughts and prayers for this week are about the movie Hustlers. I saw it yesterday. I guess whenever you're listening to it, I saw it on Tuesday, October 1st. Um, I went with a friend of mine, and it was quite a lovely time. Um, it was really fun to sort of, like, watch a film about, I guess, like, f relationships and friendships between women in, in a way that was kind of, like, as complex and deep as they are in real life. I really felt like the characters really cared about each other and they were upset with each other when they were upset and they had every reason to be upset. And, you know, there was a lot of reconciliation and, 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 um, complexity there. It wasn't just sort of like a means to an end, even when it was a means to an end, it still went, it still transcended that. And I felt like there was a lot of complexity and that was really cool to watch. And it was also cool that it was like a, a film about like sex work and it really sort of like broke or tried to add nuance to a lot of, um, I guess, like tropes and stereotypes that sex workers have while still kind of exploring the problems and um, the issues that arise 
with sex work, like violence against women um, and stuff like that. I guess I don't know. Do you guys do you do you know about the movie? Maybe I should have started with uh, that. Yes. I, I think I think I heard there is a movie and it had Cardi B in it and it was called Hustlers, but that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'll start from the beginning. Okay, um, cool. It's a um, it's a movie starring Constance Wu, Constance Wu, and um, Jennifer Lopez, and it's about okay. these like strippers uh-huh. who decide. I mean, they make a lot of bank in, like, the early 2000s where, like, they are stripping in New York and most of their clients are, like, rich Wall Street guys. Um, and they make, like, tons and tons of money because, like, all the money's flowing freely. And then, you know, the financial crisis hits in 2008 and then all the people who worked at Wall Street are all out of jobs and they have no money. And so the strippers are also out of money. And so they kind of like go to kind of like more unscrupulous ways to get people into the strip clubs and to like use their credit cards. And then they even take it a step further and start like drugging their clients with okay. ketamine and MDMA. So they like can't remember exactly what's happening. And it's sort of about them kind of like creating a sort of like business around this and they like hire out like full service sex workers to you know have sex with the clients give them blowjobs while like the the two main characters are kind of like managing um and running and and all that kind of stuff it's a pretty like fun and an exciting movie um there wasn't a lot of it's based on the article let me look at it real quick a like a New York Times magazine essay from like or article from like 2015. Huh. Yeah, it's called the the article is the is called The Hustlers at Scores. And yeah, it's just based on like real life events. It's kind of similar to like Wolf of Wall Street in that kind of like people being sleazy and doing stuff with a lot of money, but I felt like it was a little less like glamorous and a little bit more like I guess there was a lot more like nuance in all of the decisions that were being made mm. um and like there was a lot more there was like quite a bit of like diversity on screen with like lots of uh, you know a very diverse like cast of women there was like trans women and women of color and which is cool to see because like that is you know i guess sex work is a very diverse industry like that and there was like lizzo was in it there were like lots of many different sized bodies and that was i don't know it was just cool yeah i think i saw a lizzo tweet that was like hey come see my movie yeah I feel like it would be weird to see a movie that takes place in the early 2000s, especially if there's, like, attention to detail and, like, (laughs) fashion. There was, I mean, granted, I feel like there were a lot of, like, stripper costumes, and I feel like those are very, um, like, (laughs) I feel like those are kind of the same no matter what, but the music choices that they were playing, um... There was a scene where like Usher came to the club oh, and like wow. all like the all of the <laughs> girls were like dancing up on stage and it was so cool. Um, and you guys remember Akon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, by like musical choices, you're being like transported like back to like these very like specific moments in time, and that was that was just a I don't know. It was just fun. That's spooky. I don't like to think about the passage of time. <laughs> Why is it spooky? 
I don't know. I just, I just don't like the concept of space time and having to come to terms with it. He's going to become incorporeal and transcendent. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his ideally, end goal. yeah, but realistically, no. And you, Travis? Uh, my thoughts and prayers this week are about the uh, the League of Legends uh, World's 2019 theme, which apparently isn't there yet, which is weird because, see, I don't, the League of Legends World's theme is a very weird um, thing that I look for every year because I don't follow League of Legends at all. I don't play the game at all. I don't follow the esports scene really at all, but every year they release usually like a banger song to get people really pumped up for the world's tournament and this year it's just like mia people are asking about it people want to know where it is and people in the year 2019 are getting rickrolled and it's really <laughs> funny um <laughs> there was a really compelling tweet today from someone who is known as like a journalist in this field and it was a link to what looked like the League of Legends World's 2019 theme. It had, like, art. It was posted by a YouTube channel that was disguised to look like Riot. Um, and it said it was featuring Lindsey Sterling, which makes sense. And it was just Rick Astley. So that got me. I was very spooked to see Rick Astley make a return in 2019. I don't believe I've been Rickrolled in a very long time. But yeah, in the past they've had, like, They've had themes. They had a theme by Imagine Dragons once, which I thought was really good. I know people don't have very fond opinions of Imagine Dragons. I don't necessarily either. But even a bad band can put out a good song every once in a while. Um, they had one, I think last year's or the year before, was by Against the Current, which is weird because that was like one of those bands that I sort of grew up with who like grew to fame as like a cover band on YouTube. And then, like, made it really big, and then they did a League of Legends Worlds theme one year, so... But yeah, this year, I don't know where it is, and uh, apparently Riot said that they're still working on it, so people are kind of spooked. Um, I, I, I just want to know who is doing it this year, and whether or not it'll be any good. Those, yep, that's, that's all I had. Hell yeah. Nice. But yeah, if you want to get really pumped up, you just go listen to all of that. Well... There's, there's like one that's not very good, but um, all of the all of the world's themes, uh, for the most part, are are, are very good. Uh, Will, will give us your thoughts and prayers, please. Oh yes, recently, uh, well, like two weeks ago, but that's recent enough. Um, when I was on my way back from Japan, I picked up the game Eighty Days because uh, Travis had recommended it to me yes. numerous times, and one I had my favorite been, mobile games, and I had said, okay, I'll play it, and then I just kept not playing it, and then I was like. <laughs> I should I should play it so uh, I picked it up and I was like okay so it's like based on around the world in 80 days okay cool so I'm assuming I, I made some assumptions about the game mm -hmm. um, most of them were true quite a few of them were not and there was like some <laughs> things about that game that like really took me by surprise and drew me in like I don't know it was so you're pretty much you play passport two and you have to manage like your relation with um Phileas Fogg and like your money and you have to get around the world in 80 days. There are numerous routes you can go. It's not just the way they went in the book. Um, so I was like, there, okay, there cool. really are numerous routes. Uh, yes, many, many routes. And I was like, okay, so it's going to be like, oh, you need, we don't have money for this. So we got to do this. And I saw they had an inventory <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I know where this game is going, but very 
like instantly Phileas Fogg pulls up to like the manor in like a carriage pulled by like an automaton horse. And I was like, I don't remember that in the book. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? He, Phileas Fogg is like a rich, in, enthusiastic kind of guy. And in some depictions, he's like an inventor or something. So it's like, whatever. And then there's just like, because you're just traveling through this world, there's just some like conversations with like these characters you can meet that like hint that there was some sort of a war in the Balkans. Mm-hmm. And this game takes place in like the 1890s. And I was like, okay, so it's not World War One, but what's going on? And then people mentioned like, yeah, there's nothing left of Belgrade. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? And I'm picturing, because it's like it's set in like, I don't know, 1890 or 1880 or something. And then they start mentioning like, ah, oh, what do you think of, you know, the Kaiser's automatons? And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I, Travis might've told me this, but I don't remember around the world in 80 days being like a, like a light steampunk world and it's just like it's so fascinating like that there's all these like it's a historical setting with these very minor touches of like big machinery like there's a part where you can take an airship um run by like these men this manchurian woman who like or like during like the era of the Qing dynasty and it's like this is so cool (laughs) like all the different stories that happen and like the conversations you can have with these characters who are absolutely not from the book but they're written really well and you kind of get to engage in this and it's like i like like choose your own adventure books i kind of liked as a kid but they were all kind of like shoddily written and they were all really bad like you you go down the dark hallway there's a goblin you're dead go back to page 32 and it's like okay that's (laughs) that's utterly useless and i've learned nothing but for 80 days it's like even if you go like on this one route and you don't find anything like you'll meet something or you'll meet a character there you'll learn more about the world or you'll just like your conversations with phileas fogg you'll learn more about him and it's just like this was so neat and like i was just so enthralled by all these people and all these places that i ended up not making it around the world in 80 days (laughs) like uh day 79 approaches and then like there's in the days leading up to that there's dialogue of like I, I laid my I lay down to bed and shut my eyes, knowing full well, however, that like we were running out of time and all this stuff. And then we ended up not making it. And I was like, okay, the game's gonna say you've lost, and then I have to restart. But it didn't. Uh looks like Phileas Fogg was like, Well, Parts Part 2, it seems like we haven't like I, I will not win this bet. And then like there's still dialogue after you've technically lost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what's going on here? So we kept on the adventure, and then there's even dialogue for like Every day, like after this deadline, like I've wasted more and more time and I've I failed my master. And it's like, wait, wait, it's like there's the there's like the they've written it out, like with the expectation that even if you lose, you haven't really lost. And then we made it all the way back to London. And of course, in the book, he arrives thinking he's failed, but then realizes he crossed the date line and he successfully wins his bet and proves the people at the like gentlemen's club wrong. But we arrive late and it's kind of like he's kind of like ashamed you're uh fog is ashamed but it ends and starts a new game in like the greatest way at least i thought like he he says all right next time we'll have to try out a better route and then your character's like wait we're, we're gonna go again and he says ha 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 in due time my dear friend and then you can like say some other things and i said yes together and then it starts the new game and it's like mm. oh wow i feel like I've learned all these things about my character and the world and Phileas Fogg. And now together we're like, let's go on another adventure. And it was like, 
All I've done is fail and start a new game, but I feel like this is chapter two. Oh, that's really cool. And it was neat that like I had lost quite badly, but the game like wove that into like the story and like we're going to give it another shot. And it's like, cool, now I can take like another route and learn even more about the world and meet new characters. And I'm glad that you lost and discovered that because I didn't know that. <laughs> like I've played, I've done like probably three or four full playthroughs. I have like a compulsion to make sure that I make it in 80 days each mm -hmm. time. So yeah, I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang it. And then I, that, when that happened, like that was like, okay, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Like I really like this. It's like perfect for on a phone. It's all mostly through text and like a very appealing map of the world or a globe of the world it's just a fantastic game and i'm i'm glad travis recommended it to me I, I i kept putting off playing playing it but i'm glad i got around to it yeah i, I the thing that captivated me i think initially was like this game has a, a fantastic art style mm -hmm. uh, especially for like the vertical device that you're holding in your hand it's like wow this is this is very nice i like that you can use your thumb to like flick around the world and like look at all the routes and stuff yeah, um, yeah. like it's just oh that's it's such a such a neat and nice game i oh, um, oh, I, um i believe the like a year or so like the the game was already the game already had a lot of text but then like i think a year or so after launch or maybe a couple years they did a big patch that like doubled the in-game text oh. and i believe what i've read is that the full if you were to take all the text out of the game code like my, I'm talking about like the I'm not talking about the code, but I'm like the text that's available to, to like the different routes and stuff is like equivalent to the or it's like longer than the first five Harry Potter books combined is what someone said. So like there's just a lot in this game. Oh yeah, like, and I love that it's all like it's just like it's visuals, it's text, but there's like lots of audio for like ships sailing. You're driving, yeah, on, riding on a car very, or it's a train, very atmospheric, and it's like. It's so cool because it's like, I don't know, it's like, you know, like when you read a book, you imagine all these things, you know, that it's in your head. Yeah. And with this game and these like little details, it's like, I felt like instead my, my mind was just focusing on imagining what the people looked like in the world. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is fantastic. This, we need more games like this. And there aren't that many. Yeah, I wish they would make more. It's by Inkle, I believe. Yeah, and they, it's like they used to. They used to re, uh, run a web application where you could make games uh, that are like interactive fiction. But it, I think it got discontinued at some point, or it's being discontinued soon. I don't remember. And it's just like checked. this is so fun because sometimes, like I don't know, it's just it's nice to like read this, read through this interactive adventure with like good writing and like visuals and like sound. It was just it was fantastic. It was great. The best money I've ever spent on a mobile game. Yeah, good game. I'll I've have seen, to get I've seen this. A lot of this people, sounds so fun. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people discovering this game too because it just launched on Switch like today, I think. So oh, different. Maybe I'll get it on the Switch. To play it. Yeah, I, yeah. I've always only I've it's on PC. I think I I think I once dabbled in like a copy that I got really cheap on PC, but I've always thought it was best on on mobile. I don't know if you if you do play it on Switch. Uh, definitely let me know how it is on that. Will do. I love automatous horses. Yeah, but the, like right off the bat, it's just like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, I, I think what? I 
I think there's a way around it, but I think like 90% of playthroughs, you have to go from England to Paris through the under like water tunnel. Yes, I think so. And at that point, it's like, oh shit, like there's some weird stuff going on. Like, what do you mean there's an underwater like tunnel yeah, from well, England to France? Uh, when, well, I don't even think it's that. It's not an underwater. There is in real life. There's an underwater tunnel. No, but it's like you're in. It's this, not a tunnel. This, it's this a train line. or something, and yeah. you submerse. This yeah, guy comes to your cabin, and he's like, "We're, we're get ready to submerse. Like, make yeah. sure your ears don't like implode." Yeah, it's not a tunnel. It's just like this underwater rail line. And at first, after that automaton horse thing, I was like, "Oh, the English Channel. We're going. We're going to go into the tunnel. We are submersing mm. under the channel." And then I was like. Hold on a minute. It was not built this time. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? And then the visuals are very clearly the train like under the water just like putting along and it's like what's going on? And then that's ramped up with like but there's some like histor history there like when you arrive in Paris, Passport 2 like remarks about how like it's recovering after its occupation by the Prussians in the Franco-Prussian War in 1870 or something, which is a real war. But then there's like discussion about like what happened in the Balkans and all this other stuff and it's like Wow, this is neat. This is one hell of a world. Me likey. I, 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 my thoughts are this is a good game. My prayer is we get another. <laughs> we get more games of this ilk because this yeah. is fantastic. Uh, I, I wonder what Inkle Studios is up to. Oh, they released that game Heaven's Vault. Oh, Heaven's Vault. I wonder how Heaven's Vault is. Oh, it's available on Steam, PlayStation, and it's coming to Switch in 2020. Oh, Inkle is also responsible for the sorcery games. Oh, that's right. And I liked the first one of those that yeah. I played. I need to play more of those. Those games are interesting. I, I like. I don't think they measure up at all to 80 days. Yeah, they. they I don't think so either. And it's just like, but they're still really cool because they're an adaptation yeah, no, they're of like good. old like 80s game books. Yeah. And it's like, wow, these are, this is cool. I am certainly a fan of Inkle. Like what, whatever they make, I'm I'm probably inclined now to like give a shot. So there's on their website there's a link to Inkle Writer, and it says uh, on the Inkle Writer page it says Inkle Writer will be shutting down in August 2018. Oh no, no. Oh, it's 2019, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking I was a year off. I was in the past <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say that was last month, but no, that was a year ago and last month. Um, but if I click on the link to go to Inklewriter, I can still use it. That is weird. Maybe yeah, you can't you can like save or download other people's stuff. Yeah, if I go to it, it says get started. But it also says warning, Inklewriter is shutting down soon. Hmm. Interesting. This, That's is, a bit this odd. is spooky. Maybe we've huh. all gone back in time. I'm betting it's it's got to be something like an app they had that let you play other people's stories or something is shut down like you can't like they don't save it on their servers anymore oh but you can still use the like that's the base application my guess yeah huh interesting nicole please yeah inter interactive like fiction is 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 cool and like i i think it's 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 like great when they're able to like integrate graphics and stuff into it in the way 80 80 days does mm-hmm all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here on our first episode of Hit Point Pals in a while. That's all we have here for this week. Anyone got anything? Fresh out. <laughs> Fresh, Fresh out. out. We'll see you next Fresh time. Funny ideas. <laughs>
So we'll do our last section on um on our thoughts and prayers, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Heck yeah, we need uh we need more games like eighty days. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about eighty days, but I never uh, got around to it. I I I don't I did I couldn't think of a moment in there where it could really fit in. I wasn't sure. We could do it when we come back. Uh okay. Okay. That here that mm, that can be your thoughts and prayers if you oh. didn't have another one. I'd like to say a prayer for eighty days. Join me. <laughs> join your hands together, please. We were all raised Catholic, whether or not we practice it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy subscription services. Thy income <laughs> come. Thy will be done. <laughs> on earth as it is in the bank account. Give us this day our daily allotted games. And forgive us our... I don't even know if People trespasses... Say microtransactions? Give microtransactions? us our microtransactions. And deliver us from ownership. As, no, as and deliver we us from private those ownership. Micro transact against us. Oh <laughs> man. All mouse. If it's to Disney, then you know. Oh yeah. Um. Hell yeah. I can't wait until two hundred years when the cult of mouse is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> blessed be the mouse. And blessed be the two buttons on his pants. <laughs> Someone's gonna invent symbolism for each of the two buttons. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That'd be fun, like post-apocalyptic, like a story <laughs> or something. For you see, my son, the mouse's two great ears are as though the great celestial beings in our sky, the sun and the moon. Oh my god. It's like, oh wow, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> Thanks for the lore. Thank you for the lore. Grandpa. Thanks for the religious education, Grandpa. Holy Walt, Mother of Mouse, the Lord is with thee. Ah. <laughs> ah. All right. I love that. We wow. About reached the end of my prayer memory, so thank you <laughs> and yeah. good night, everybody. Yikes. <laughs>